Hey there, welcome to Takeaway with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nation's Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief at NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. Today, we have a very special episode introducing something a little new for our audience, which is we are going to stop, start talking about the headlines from the biggest restaurant companies with our very own managing editor, Leanne Zinsmeister. Leanne, welcome to the program. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. We're going to talk big chain news. There's been a lot of it of late. Um, this is going to be something that we're going to do with some regularity because, of course, uh, the big chains, what they do tends to set the tone for the rest of the restaurant industry. So um, wild, yes, it's a little bit apples, oranges when you talk about the companies like McDonald's and, you know, somebody who has like, you know, five or 10 locations. McDonald's is also, you know, paving the way for the future McDonald's of the world. So that's why we do like to make sure we're constantly covering what's going on with the major chains. Uh, one thing that I know is happening with the major chains recently is lots of transition. There have been several executives to announce their departures from some of the major companies, starting with Denny's. So let's talk about the fact that Denny's CEO, John Miller, announced that he is going to retire. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's the news. Denny CEO John Miller is going to retire. He has been with the company uh, since 2011, so not a huge surprise. That's a great tenure. Denny's has come a long way since 2011, uh, including in the last few years. They've recently launched virtual brands along with many others, um, but have really led the way in family dining on that. Um, John Miller has been in the restaurant industry for more than 40 years. He was also CEO at Taco Bueno, president at Macaroni Grill, worked at Brinker for a long time. Um, so a pretty standard CEO retirement announcement, but of course, newsworthy, especially because he is, I believe, the fifth CEO this year who we are losing. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly when you've been in an industry for 40 years, I think you've earned a right to retire. So this could be your very clear cut and dried. Somebody has put in his time ready to retire. This is not a uh, Rich Allison, I think, threw us all off when Rich Allison, CEO at Domino's, announced that he was Indeed. going to retire because he's a younger guy. Uh, you know, no, no. Uh, I won't judge anybody's decisions to um, retire, but you know, when you're you're a little bit younger, usually you've got some some years left in you from from a work perspective. But to your point, we have had a lot of CEO transitions this year, and so some of these don't feel entirely coincidental, I guess. Um, now, Kelly Valade, the former CEO, now former CEO of Red Lobster, that one was a little bit of a surprise, and there is some. There's still not a whole lot of clarity as to why she left this position after not very much time. Tell us a little bit about what's going on at Red Lobster. Right. So Kelly Valade joined Red Lobster last August. So she was there for, I think, about eight months when they announced a few weeks ago that she would be leaving. Her last day was last Friday, the 15th. Um, no reason given, no real idea what is going on there. They have said they're looking for a successor. They've got a board member serving as liaison in the meantime. Uh, but that one definitely was a much bigger shock um, to us, to the industry. Kelly was the CEO at Black Box Intelligence before joining Red Lobster. And before that, she worked also at Brinker for 22 years. So another person who has been in the industry for a long time um, and is now 
leaving Red Lobster. Why do you think it matters? I mean, when a CEO leaves a company, again, there's sometimes where you just got personnel decisions. It's not a fit. Somebody wants to retire. Anybody's free to make these decisions to step away. But for these major restaurant companies, why do you think it matters so much when this happens? And why do you think we care about it so much in the media? What's what's the reason for why this is such big news? Sure. One reason is that these can set off a bit of a domino effect. Um, Charlie Morrison recently left Wingstop to become CEO of Salad and Go, uh, which is an emerging salad chain. And so any of these people could pop up somewhere else down the line or lower executives from other companies could move over. Uh, so it's just something to keep an eye on. Um, in the case of Kelly Vlade, it also matters because she was one of very few female CEOs in our industry, especially right. at the really big chains. Um, and so, it, you know, that makes it matter a bit more. We love to see women in those leadership positions. Um, of course, you and I just spoke to a bunch of women in leadership positions last month at WFF. Um, and so it's just always sad to see one of them leave the industry. And of course, we hope that this opens up more space for more women to be elevated into positions of power, but it remains to be seen. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, of course, when you have a leader as serving as a bit like a rudder of a ship, you know, somebody who is setting the tone, speaking of setting the tone, somebody who's setting the tone for the system tends to be that, you know, when this person leaves, it is it's a big deal for the company, because if you have somebody come in to completely change that tone, it can have massive implications for that company's performance. So moving on beyond uh, these executive transitions, let's talk about Chipotle. So Chipotle just uh, recently launched this $50 million venture fund to invest in quote unquote, strategically aligned companies. What does that mean? What is this all about? Um, that's a great question. Uh, Chipotle's <laughs> mission statement is to cultivate a better world. And they are saying that they are investing in companies that are trying to achieve the same thing. Also, critically, they are investing in companies that can help Chipotle achieve its goals. Tech companies, um, they've said companies that will accelerate their ability to run great restaurants and amplify technology and innovation. This isn't really super surprising. Um, Chipotle invested, I think, last year in Neuro, um, which is a delivery vehicle company uh, utilized by Domino's. Um, they're really, I think, positioning themselves as a tech forward restaurant company. For so many years, I think Domino's was the one people would think of. Um, and now in a world where everybody needs to be at the forefront of tech, Chipotle is really staking its claim, making a name for itself. And this is another example for that. It kind of makes me think of um, McDonald's for the last couple of years has made some strategic investments, one of them being, for example, Dynamic Yield. Now, yes. McDonald's just recently, I believe, um, sold Dynamic Yield. But the whole purpose of that was to acquire a company and I don't want to say strip it of its parts, but is essentially to absorb its IP and to be able to you know, use that product. And, you know, this kind of makes me think of that. You know, Chipotle is doing it in perhaps a little bit of a cooler fashion, making it a venture fund. Right. Um, and they're looking for startups. Right. But um, but essentially this is that. Right. They want to invest in companies that are going to bring to bear technology that helps Chipotle and, you know, ultimately be their R&D department for operations where Chipotle doesn't have to necessarily do that. 
Exactly. Yeah. They've also this year um, introduced a robot that makes tortilla chips, Chippy the robot. Um, they've started using RFID tags to track ingredients in the supply chain. Uh, so all the tech news coming out of Chipotle, not a surprise. Um, and like you said, the venture fund is just a different way to do that. Right, right. All right. So moving along, we've got some expansion news out of Popeye's. Now, Popeye's, of course, for basically almost three years now, we've mostly only talked about them in context of menu news because they had the chicken sandwich, of course, and then they went on to nuggets and lots of fun things menu oriented. Now they're talking about their expansion. They are going to expand in your own very own New York City. So there's going to be more of a presence there for you. Congratulations on that. I'm sure very excited about it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Yes, this is Um, a big deal. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, That news surprised me a little bit. I feel like uh, my perception is that we have a lot of Popeyes in the outer boroughs. Um, I live in Brooklyn. A lot of my friends live in Queens. Um, But I guess, you know, thinking about it, they don't have as much, I guess, of a prominent presence in Manhattan. They are opening a flagship location in Times Square this June. Um, so really staking their claim in Manhattan. This store will have their new store design uh, that we talked about a few weeks ago. It really honors the brand's Louisiana heritage. Um, and it will also have a lot of tech that is new to Popeye specifically, self-order kiosks, um, digital order ready boards, things like that. And it will also have a merchandise store. Oh, well, I mean, yes, if you're in Times Square, then duh, I guess that's kind of what you do, right? Yes, yes, I know. It sounds like an out of place thing for a restaurant company, but in Times Square, it makes perfect sense. Yes, yes. Who doesn't want a chicken sandwich t-shirt? I will get one next time I'm in New York visiting you guys. Uh, But uh, also Popeye's is the other part of that news is that they are planning to add 200 restaurants this year, 2022. But also I think the I think one of the um, leading bits of news here from Popeye's is that they're going to have more double drive throughs in their new units, which I think is indicative, of course, of where so much of the industry is going to have drive throughs really, you know, powering the off premises experience. Sure. Yeah. A lot of QSR companies started building these double, triple Taco Bell has a quadruple drive through um, during the pandemic to really increase their off-premises output. Um, And I think the question has been, would that momentum kind of continue as we, of course, we're still in a pandemic, but as people go back to indoor dining, and I think this news really goes to show that yes, this is still going to be a trend in the restaurant industry. So Popeye's is opening they say more than 200 restaurants this year and more than half of those new restaurants will have double drive throughs Interesting stuff. And it makes me wonder how much more drive through real estate is there to be had. But I guess we're going to find out from Popeye's. <laughs> I'm, I'm just guessing here, but I doubt very few if any of those stores will be in New York City. <laughs> That's just true. Yes, no drive throughs certainly <laughs> double drive throughs available in New York City. So Popeye's may not be making menu news currently, but Taco <laughs> Bell certainly is. We've got lots of Taco Bell menu news. Uh, let's see. Well, let's just start with Mexican Mexican pizza return of the fan favorite from Taco Bell. Why is it that Taco Bell? Why is it so important whenever Taco Bell makes this kind of menu news? Taco Bell is really known for being at the forefront of some of the wackier menu innovation. I mean, I remember the Doritos Locos tacos and I was not in the restaurant industry at that time. I was in college, which is basically the Taco Bell industry. Um, but that's just that's just what they're known for. Now, Taco Bell 
gutted its menu in 2020 during the pandemic. They removed a ton of menu items, including their Mexican pizza. Uh, People were mad about all of it. Um, Of course, they were, you know, trying to eliminate entire ingredients. There were supply chain problems. There were obviously financial problems across the board. It made sense. Um, But the Mexican pizza is now coming back. Um, This is a menu item that I didn't realize I just learned today. First debuted in 1985. Um, So. Older than you and me. That's right. It came off the menu in 2020. Um, There has been a big fan push to return it to the menu, uh, including from celebrities. Um, Dolly Parton is a fan of the Mexican pizza, as is the I I did, but only today did I learn that fact as well. (laughs) Uh, But I'm a fan of Dolly Parton, so I'll take it. Um, And rapper... Doja Cat. Um, <laughs> I love that you put a question mark at the end of that. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. This is not my um, oh, area. Man. Are you joining me in the land of old? Are we both old now? Oh, boy. Hey, if we want to talk about Taylor Swift and her favorite menu items, I am prepared. <laughs> um, anyway, this rapper wrote a song about the Mexican pizza a month ago um, and then performed at Coachella this past weekend, which is a thing that makes me feel old. Um, and there celebrated the latest news out of Taco Bell. Um, so fans are very excited about this menu items return. Well, few companies can can command that kind of uh, pop culture Uh, news headline making as Taco Bell can. So all of that, even though there were words in there, I didn't even understand all of that makes perfect sense for Taco Bell. All right. So we're going to wrap up with this episode by talking about Panera because Panera expanded their coffee subscription program. Tell us about that, but also what's subscription? Why, Why are subscriptions suddenly a thing in restaurants right now? Yeah, so Panera launched its coffee subscription in February of 2020, which, of course, in retrospect, is either fortuitous or a disaster. Um, And Panera has found that timing to be very good for them. Um, So the deal for the last two plus years has been that customers for $8.99 a month can get as much Panera coffee as they want. I think every two hours, every day, any Panera location you can just rock up and get a free coffee. Um, They are now expanding that program to include all 26 drinks on their menu. Um, It'll be $10.99 instead of $8.99. And yeah, same thing, free drinks all day long. Panera is hoping that this will build out some of their other day parts. Coffee is obviously most popular in the mornings, although I myself am an all day coffee consumer. Um, so they're hoping to draw in more customers during the lunch and dinner hours, which is something they're also doing with some of their recent menu expansions. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, it makes a lot of sense. And I think as far as the industry goes, you know, this is something that is bringing in a lot of new customers. A lot of them add food to these orders. And so I think especially during the pandemic, restaurants were trying everything they could to get those things. Um, And so, yeah, subscriptions have really taken off. Panera was kind of at the forefront of that. So it'll be interesting to see if other brands follow in expanding their own programs. Yeah, I'll be interesting to watch. You know, I, I was just reading something about how, you know, a lot of streaming services have actually been losing 
customers losing signups in the midst of inflation because everybody's sort of looking at, okay, I have too many subscriptions to too many things. Now, streaming service like an Apple Plus or a Netflix or a Hulu, that's a little bit of a different ballgame than a Panera coffee subscription. But, you know, it's also kind of the same thing in that it is a regular thing you pay on a monthly basis that when you start to tighten the belt a little bit might end up uh, might be one of those things that gets axed. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if this newfound subscription trend takes off in this age of inflation. Definitely. But I can see, you know, anybody who buys, I'm guessing more than three cups of coffee a month, this is a deal for them. Worth and it. for Panera, you know, they're going to make that 1099, whether people use the subscription or not. I mean, how many people have Apple TV plus and don't watch anything on it? Apple yeah, gets your money true. either way. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a good, it makes a ton of business sense. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to follow along with that. So Finally. with that, we conclude our first go at the headlines from the major companies joined today by NRN managing editor, Leanne Zinsmeister. Leanne, thank you so much for those insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Sam.